Live from the Mecca Mormonism, Salt Lake City, Utah, this is Heart of the Matter, where we do all we can to help you, to help us walk toward his love. And I'm Sean McCraney, your host. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the program. We're thankful for the support that we get from our uh, viewing uh, population, the people who like uh, the program and, and support us with prayer and with other means. We pray for Seth and Wendy and Mags and Mary and help me that we'll be able to kick this show off and it will be important to people's lives. It will give them some kind of tool to walk in your love and to be real Christians, authentic Christians in their lives. So we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Two weeks ago, we had a show on how love is what Jesus commanded that scribe who came to him and says, how do I, uh, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, what does the law say? And he said, well, uh, love the Lord your God with all you've got and love neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, this do and you will have life. Uh, last week, we, I, I, we imposed sort of a horrible sports analogy upon you, but the, the purpose of the analogy was just to teach a principle, that the end goal for every Christian, uh, according to what I understand from Scripture, is for us to learn to love, to love with agape love, to love like He is love. And finally, in the fourth part of what we called Hear Me Out, we had to Hear Me Out 1, 2, 3, and 4 that started off this redux approach that we're doing on Heart of the Matter now. And, uh, and I said, you know, our focus is to help speak to people who are sons and daughters of God to help them understand how to be Christians, how to love with this love. And we all fail. I mean, that's our, that's our natural state. So we talked about all those things. Tonight, taking all these things, I want to get to the heart of the matter on what agape love is. And I'm going to give you a little tool, hopefully, that you can take with you that will help you remember what the elements of real agape love include. Uh, and, 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 and I think some of you might even recoil from what the demands are, but we'll see. I don't blame you. I recoil, too, because I'm a failure at it. I fail instantly in my love. It just takes the wrong person at the right time to say or do the wrong thing, and I can snap. And it's really embarrassing, and I hate it about my nature, but it's there because it's there with all of us. Whatever the problem is, if, if you have some weakness in your flesh, as soon as you're exposed to that thing, whatever it is, that person, that temptation, that it, your love for others and for God will go out the window and your love for self steps right in. And that's why we talk about it so much, because it is so important to learn what it is as Christians. So I want to begin tonight with a passage all of you understand. You've heard it before. Uh, one of the most oft-quoted passages we have, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Of course, we know uh, by now that God is love. It actually says God is light. God is fire. God is love. That, that is one of the descriptions of him. God is. Not that he has, but that he is love. But what might escape us in that passage is that as love and in that love, God so loved the world, so loved that he gave. That he gave. God gave. It's fundamental of God and therefore of love that those who love give. Okay? Now we give in a lot of different ways, but we're talking about giving from the heart that's sacrificial. We're not talking about someone asking for a can of soup and you have 5,000 cans in your cupboard and you give them one. 
That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about giving of time when you don't have time. We're talking about sacrificing something that's very, very dear to us. That is what sacrificial love looks like. What do they give? Well, let's ask ourselves, what did God give in this, in this passage? Himself. He gave himself. He gave his only begotten son. His word made flesh. And it was the only human son he was going to have that, uh, I guess, according to his design, but he gave that son not to come here and be served and to rule and reign and to have everybody, uh, you know, uh, pouring grapes and, and fanning him with things. He gave his son to save us. That is really sacrificial love. So one of the founding essentials of godly love is giving, and it's our giving what matters most, right? So privacy matters most to you. It's our giving up some of the privacy that you, that you covet. Our time matters most to you. It's giving up of time. For some people, it might be some funds. I don't know. It, for other people, it might be something different. It might be giving up your need to, to speak meanly about a situation. You give that up. You sacrifice it in the name of love. Agape love isn't, as I said, giving what doesn't matter or what is convenient or easy on us. It is sacrificial giving of what we hold dear, listen, for the benefit of others. Usually who do not deserve it. That's the key. We discover this in this singular passage. For God, he's the ultimate, right? So loved the world, a certainly an undeserving group, so loved the world that he gave, that's an action, a verb, what did he give? His only begotten son, only, that it was most precious to him, his, what he possessed, only, someone extremely valuable to him, begotten son. That lays it out for you right there, right? We know what motivated God to do this, but why we know what motivated him to do it. It was his love, but why did he do it? Why did his love move him to do it? The rest of the passage tells us that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There was a purpose in his generous gift to us of the sacrificial son he had to benefit humankind. That's why he did it, to bless us, to give us an opportunity to choose him and to avoid perishing, right? That whosoever believeth on him should not perish, we should not perish, but instead be granted eternal life. So taking all of this information as foundational, a single scripture, we can learn what agape love is in our lives. First of all, it's toward all people, every type of person ever, right? We uh, remember on the parable of the Good Samaritan, that the Samaritan showed love to the man who was beaten up, who he didn't know. It was a stranger, and it was probably a Jew who he had probably naturally had grown up to hate. And yet he showed love toward all people, every type of person, right? Because God himself, who is love, so loved part of the world, some of the world, only the Jews, only Chinamen, only Englishmen, only South Americans, no, he loved the world, cosmos there in the Greek. That love is also based then on generosity. God so loved the world that he gave. So the second thing we see about agape love is it's generous. Generous with 
whatever is important to us. How do we know that? Because it's sacrificial. It ought to be sacrificial of giving up of things dear to us because God gave his only begotten son, the most dear thing possibly that God could ever have. It's his only begotten son. Why? This love needs to be compassionate because God gave it so that those who believe on his son should not perish. There's a care behind our uh, giving and our sacrificial time and our uh, giving it toward all people. We care about them. We have compassion on them because they're in a bad spot here or they're headed to something that they don't, they, they don't need to. And then finally, it's something that would also benefit them. It not only protects them from, from loss, uh, perishing, but it would benefit them because they might have eternal life. So in those five things, we have captured the essence of agape love. And it's through one verse that talks about God. It's a pretty good definition, and I think it's an important one uh, for the Christian life. So I want to discover, discuss, discuss, that's a new word. I want to discover the, uh, discuss the five categories quickly, really quickly. First, godly love is love toward everyone in the world because he so loved them. Last week, we touched on godly love being driven by faith in what Jesus commands. In other words, Jesus says, forgive seven times 70, trusting him, we will forgive seven times 70. That's love. You trust him, you believe in him, your love follows up. The product of trusting him in his words is agape love. We then know from scripture that agape love is the fruit of the spirit. The spirit of God produces a fruit. What is that fruit? It's love. It's agape love. So putting all this together, we know that our godly agape love is faith-driven, producing the fruit of the Spirit, and that God's sons and daughters are to give this love to the world. All the world. Every person of the world. Always. Every type you can think of who shouldn't have your love. Mussolini, Pol Pot, Idi Amin, Hitler, uh, child rapist, wife beater, whatever, you name it. Democrat, Republican, you name it. You don't think they deserve love, you're wrong. They are someone in this world, God so loved them, we are his sons and daughters, we love them. We talked about the scribe who came to Jesus and asked how to get eternal life. And Jesus let him quote the law, and that is to love God and neighbor. But to his own disciples, Jesus took this even farther. Listen to what he said in Matthew 5, 43 through 45. Jesus said, you have heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. This is so hard to do but this is what sons and daughters will or seek to do. Do good to them that hate you, brutal, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. You want to have a key to agape love? When you're driving in the morning to go to your destination, whatever it might be, if you get in a car or we have quiet time alone, pray for the people who pick on you. Use their name. Pray for the people who despitefully lie about you or use you or who are your enemies. 
you pray for them. It softens your heart toward them. Jesus goes on, he says, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes the sun to shine on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. And so to us, sons and daughters of God, irrespective of denominational affiliation or various religious practices and allegiances, there must always be, all the time, always agape love for all. Fundamental Islam, ardent Mormons, Catholics, Calvinists, and it takes a tremendous amount of desire to please God to bring it into your heart. To those we love as family, romantically, as friends, of course, you start there. You have a problem with someone you really do love as a family member or a neighbor or a friend, you start with this agape love for them. Neighbors, associates, colleagues, others, sure. Then Jesus says to those who are our enemies, to your very enemies who despitefully use and abuse you, give sacrificial love to them. Start in the heart. It will work out to the words and to the actions later. And this includes those who annoy us, who might be the most difficult to love of all when you really think about it. I want to include some groups that might even be more difficult to sacrificially love honestly from the heart. Those we're prejudiced against, okay? Let's be honest. We all have prejudices. If you're black, you might not like crackers. If you're white, you might not like black people. Chinese might not like Japanese, and Japanese might not like Indians. I don't know where that all lies, but it's there. Some men don't like women. Some women don't like men. We don't like people of opposite political parties. We hate people of different countries who move in on our neighborhood. We certainly don't like people who are different from us in sexual uh, uh, propensities. And we have a whole host of other issues with people who get tats and who gets piercings or who look straight laced, who have nice haircuts. It goes on and on and on. We as humans have prejudices in our mortal flesh, but sons and daughters of God are not of the flesh, but are new women and new men within us. If God so loved the world as his children, we should too. Every single person of it, all races, all lifestyles, all the LGBTQI, gotta love them. You've got to love them. It's a choice and it's sacrificial. You give them the benefit of the doubt. You embrace them. You bring them into your world and you love them. Whether believers or not, it doesn't matter. Look around. If such are brothers and sisters, even more so, but if not, how will they ever be our brother and sister in the future if they don't receive this kind of love from us or at least an attempt to love them the way Christ tells us to? Look, let's get to brass tacks. The world is full of all types of lifestyles, every kind. And whatever they are, they're going to do what they do. Just like I do what I do and you do what you do. And they will live like they will live, whether we receive them with love or judge them in our hearts and refuse them. They will continue. God so loved the world, the world, so will his children love the world. Christianity, evangelicalism, tries to paint a different picture. No, 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 no. Yeah, you can love them from a distance. Yeah, how does that work? You know, you can, uh, you know, sort of love them or whatever. Or you can come up with, a, I didn't know them, so I don't love them bit. But that is not what Christianity is. Love the different, love the same, love the messed up, 
love the proper and the refined, love the poor, love the rich, love the homosexuals, the bisexuals, the pansexuals, the heterosexuals, love the deviants, the drug users, the abusers, the addicted, the accomplished, the dropouts, the dead, the destitute, those filled with sin, those who are righteous, love the criminals, the rapists, the child molesters, the murderers, the thieves, the liars, the humanists, the witches, the Protestants, the cultists, the worst of the worst, the best of the best, the rich, the arrogant, the worldly, the false, the fake, the phonies, the proud, the most decrepit, the most predatory, the most salacious on earth. Children of God love those who are in this world because Jesus commanded us to do it. And love is a sacrificial verb. Get that straight and you are moving way ahead. And let me tell you something that's beautiful about this. When you choose to try to do it, you become liberated. I can attest to this. I used to be a hateful, spiteful. I'm still prejudiced in, in ways. We all are. I fight it, but we, we have these things in our flesh. When you can give them up, you become emancipated from the bondage of that hate. And I'm telling you, it is liberating. I would submit, though I fail at loving someone who makes a bad lane change, and I really do, uh, the sons and daughters, daughters of God will try and strive to love because God so loved the world and then he gave. The second point, agape love is generous. It is based in generosity. Why? Because God so loved the world, he gave. So intrinsic to agape love is the action of giving. Um, well, why giving? Because fundamental to giving selflessly uh, is um, fundamental to, to uh, the opposite, not the fundamental, the opposite of giving selflessly is keeping selfishly. Giving, which God did, Jesus gave his life, God gave his son, his sons and daughters give versus God kept his only begotten son and protected him from the world. Jesus protected his life and lived it for himself. So the opposite of selflessness is selfishness. The opposite of giving is keeping, right? So God so loved the world that he gave this consummate offering of selflessness, which is part of his very nature. He gives the rain, the sun, provisions to the just and the unjust alike. And so will his children as his children. It's not just giving money. In fact, that might be the easiest thing to do, um, though uh, it might be giving money for some people. It just depends on you. It depends on how much a son or daughter loves money, I guess. But it's whether the, the giving is beneficial to another person and sacrificial to them that it starts to mean something in the realms of agape love. So whether you're giving your time or your attention, your care, comforting words, a listening ear, uh, 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 an open heart, empathy and sympathy, a place to rest, material goods, encouragement, moral support, physical assistance, prayers, a telephone call, emails, especially in times of need. It's a generous giving nature, a helping hand, assistance where other people lack. And it comes freely, whatever it might be. What's the basis of giving? It's sacrificial.
That's the thing about giving. Uh, which leads us to the third point taken from John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, his only begotten son. Our generosity is sacrificially based. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You see that? He gave himself. There was nothing more precious than Christ Jesus. And yet he gave himself for you and I. You see, Ephesians 5, 2 says, And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself as an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. So I'm not talking about rolling over and being trampled upon. Uh, it's, it's okay. Jesus escaped and he, he took time to go and commune with his Father alone. But I am talking about when it's not convenient, when it's not easy, and someone's in need, taking the time to step out and extend part of your life and existence to them as an effort to help them. Uh, the ultimate example of this is, of course, God and his only human son taking on life, coming here and stepping away from uh, his, his life with uh, the father and giving himself up sacrificially. The agape love we as sons and daughters have, therefore, is seen when we set our will and our ways and flesh and submit them to God and his will and ways and spirit. When we lay down our life for causes and for the benefit of love, uh, others, Jesus said, greater love has no man than he who gives his, lays down his life for his friends. You can take that literally or you can take that figuratively. Every time you lay your life down, your wants and wills for the benefit of another, greater love has no man. So certainly we can understand this by looking at goodly parents. If you had good parents, you understand this, that they're constantly laying their lives down, what they might want to rather be doing for the benefit of the child. But God calls on his sons and daughters to engage in this sacrificial love for everybody. Next or fourth is love is based in compassionate care. For God so loved the world, unconditional love for all that he gave, generously love for all, his only begotten son, sacrificial love for all, that whosoever believes in him should not perish. Compassionate, caring love for all. God gave his son to the world, and the first reason given is that those who receive him by faith would not perish. They won't suffer loss. They won't be in pain. They won't endure ruin. So we too, as children, seek to abate the ruin other people have in their life. We long and seek for their well-being and, their, and are compassionate uh, toward their care and doing what we can do to try to help if you can. We do it with the hope that in the end, it will help them escape the ruin that could possibly await them. So we do it all the time in the name and cause and spirit of being Christian. Our last factor in Christian love, that we do it as a benefit for the life of others. So it's not just because we care about the ruin that they're suffering that we extend this love. We also care about them growing and for the benefit of them. And this is an important final step, and I'll explain why. Um, it enables us not to act in every situation. And that's, that's kind of a tough thing to understand. But if your love is for everybody, and if your love is generous, and if your love is sacrificial, and if your love is to help people uh, abstain from pain and to not perish, and it's for them to have eternal life, 
There are times when your love can say no. And it means it's love. It doesn't mean that it's evil. If you see an alcoholic and he says, give me a, a five so I can buy some whiskey, uh, your love could say, I have compassion on you. No, I don't want you to perish. And I want you to have eternal life. So I'm not going to give that to you. And that, that is how you are able to, to navigate through this world and not just be like, oh, love just means I give, give, give to everybody everything. That's not what it means. It means you're wise in your decision. You're doing it for their care. You're compassionate about their existence and where they're at. And you do what's necessary to help them have eternal life, not take away from their potential to have eternal life. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that last one allows us to then decide, is it wise to support somebody financially? Is it wise to spend time and let somebody uh, tell you all about their uh, some sin they're committing? Uh, is that the loving thing to do? Maybe not. It might be, I don't want to hear about this so that they have to stew in their own juices until they realize they need to repent. So to conclude, agape love might, at least in part, be described as one, unconditional love for all. That is two, generously giving. Now it could be giving of, of time and advice and wisdom rather than just what we think of as money and, and material. It's sacrificial of self, meaning it costs you something to bestow this thing. It's compassionate and caring for the individual involved that they might not perish or suffer ruin. And it's for the benefit or well-being of that person, both here, but especially in the eternal spectrum. So you can balance all the decisions you make toward others and things and businesses and stuff using that model of John 3.16. Write your comments below. Remember what John the Beloved said in 1 John 4.11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Join us tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Mountain here on Heart of the Matter.